Brother, can you spare a dime? This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are TFG Unbuttoned, the Tuesday podcast from your friends at the Focus Group. You can find out all about us and our podcasts and our show, The Focus Group, with Tim and John at focusgroupradio.com. While you're there, you'll see our sponsors, including Critics' Choice, which has been a partner of ours here since we've started on TFG Unbuttoned. Be sure to click on them and shop away and uh, find all kinds of media, music, and great other sort of games and accessories that are available there. Hello, Mr. Nash. Welcome to the last official week of April, right? It is? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Oh, boy. I look at the calendar here, but I'll tell you. Yeah, I'm going to have to get the grill ready. Yeah, it is. It's uh, mon- next Monday is uh, May first. Um, wow. So yeah, we're it, April went pretty quick, huh? It I did. mean, we were you and I were super busy with a lot of client work, so every day was kind of you know a busy day. But suddenly we're at the twenty fourth. Wow. <laughs> I, I had. Was, go ahead. I was going to say upstate. You know, um, Bob had been diligent. We, we had the house repainted and. Our porch, our front porch, has some little areas above the columns that support the porch, you know, the roof, right. where um, a birds in the past have set up shop. And he had blocks up there and things to avoid from them doing that. But I guess he didn't put stuff up in time. And a beautiful little bird set up a nest and, and is now sitting on some eggs. And what kind like, of bird? Do you know? The you wren? Know, I think it's a wren. Yeah. Um, and uh, he... He opens the door and he'll say to the like a, through the screen door, I know you're up there, bird. <laughs> the bird will fly away, then come back and sit Aww. on the eggs. I said, Bob, when it all when the birds hatch and they're and they've learned to fly and the nest is abandoned, you can easily take it down right. and, and just hose the area down and put it. up your thing. I said, I said, for now though, let's leave the little birdies there. But that's that's what's going on. Nature. Did you is did you paint did you paint your house the same color or did you change it? Slightly darker. Okay. Um, Bob picked a slightly color, uh, slightly darker color of green uh it really came out nice but um yeah it looks great and uh he just wanted to avoid any of that you know because they they you know those nests get kind of messy bird yeah. poop and mud and <laughs> well, the birds the birds down here you know my dad had given me a bunch of bird houses over the years and so i have them hanging around and uh i was happy to see that some of the birds had moved in over the weekend i'd seen birds uh diligently building their nests inside so it was good to see we you know we have a, a couple bird houses and it's a it's funny Based on the size of the hole in the yeah. birdhouse, that's what dictates what bird can get in and out and set up right. their little shop, right? Yeah. yeah, my dad used to use a quarter and then a 50-cent piece or whatever, but he had one that was, the woodpeckers had, had for some reason, made the hole bigger, and then a group of flying squirrels moved in, which... <laughs> flying squirrels. It which it terrified like my dad. Yeah. And, yeah, in Connecticut, because he expected it to be after, like you said, the birds have left the left the nest and went to go change and clean it out, but found a whole little family of flying squirrels in there, which uh, kind of surprised him a lot. So, but hey, do you remember? I had cut myself the other day, and I said, "God, I wish I had some mercurichrome." Mercurichrome. Mm, do you remember that stuff? I do. It's long. I don't even know if you could find it anymore. Well, apparently it was filled with mercury. Because <laughs> I looked it up. Richard and I were talking about it. He said, oh, yeah, mercuricum. You fell. You skinned your knee. You cut yourself. You, you put whatever. that on. Yeah. That was, it was that, that hard 
plastic stick that would hold the liquid and it would turn reddish orange or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I looked it up on, on, uh, apparently it was, they said it was invented in the early 30s. And they said back then the FDA, there was no FDA. Nobody really checked anything. Everybody just thought that was the thing to have. Every house had it. And uh, I guess in 1978, they did a check on it and realized it was full of mercury and probably shouldn't be putting it on your uh, your open wound. <laughs> so, Well, you know, Bob always I cut myself me. shaving, and I'm like, oh, if I had a little mercuricum, Richard started laughing. So I put a little mercuricum on there. I Bob always laughs it. about um, one, you know, many people remember when they had the flu, like a bad flu. Yeah. And years ago, I'm talking, I want to say 30 or 35 years ago, like when he first moved to the city and he had this apartment and he got the flu and he was by himself because he lived by himself. And he says he distinctly remembers the day he was sitting on the, he had closed the toilet, but he was just sitting in the bathroom taking his temperature. He was just sitting down and (laughs) he was so tired and weak that the thermometer fell out of his mouth and broke it. It was glass. It shattered. And he said he just remembers watching the mercury you know skitter around and yeah and you know and and how it wasn't it was just like such a interesting little and then he realized he thought it's mercury i better not touch that it's like an amoeba <laughs> yeah, right? it would never yeah. just move around yeah that's funny yeah i guess mercury well that's what was in what was that what our in our silver fillings too wasn't it was that mercury mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you got it and that's what people a lot of people our age uh have dentists who replace these fillings over time right, right. Yeah, we're the last generation that yeah. dentists are making money on for fillings. <laughs> That's true because of fluoride, right? Yeah. So we have uh, we have three stories that we cover here on TFG Unbuttoned. John likes to say 20 minutes in and out. And uh, so we'll, uh, we'll get into it. Our first story this week happened in Philadelphia, up in the northeast uh, Philadelphia area. There was a trailer truck loaded with dimes. So it had just come from the Philadelphia Mint. So one of the U.S. Mint facilities is in Philadelphia, an old city, actually. I used to live near there. And they packed up $750,000 worth of dimes into this truck. And the truck driver went up uh, 95 and decided to pull into what is a shopping mall. It's an outlet mall. And sleep the night and then was going to get up in the morning so he could hit the road and take these dimes down to Florida. Well, somebody caught on and broke into the truck and stole $200,000 worth of dimes. And if you see the picture, uh, dimes are all over the, all over the, the, uh, the parking lot. And uh, so they, they haven't charged the driver, but they're trying to figure out um, what actually happened or how somebody knew that there was money in there. But they did say, the Philadelphia police did say that over, this seems to be a popular spot for trucks to park, and uh, they've had things stolen um, Cargo thefts, they call it. Is that what it was? Cargo theft? Cargo theft, yeah. Yeah, so there were appliances and lamb and beef and chicken, uh, refrigerators, (laughs) alcohol. But um, they said they were looking for 10 males in black clothing with gray hoodies, a Chrysler 300 with tinted windows and a dark colored pickup truck. I laughed because I thought, what? How could you? What would you do with $200,000 worth of dimes? So the question is, how do you fence dimes? Like, like, you know, I mean, money's hard enough, right? I mean, you can't go, you can't go buy a car with 10,000 in cash. They want to know no, where you got it from. Where, where'd you get it? So either they're going to, I don't know what you do with it. I really don't. I mean, this is just, this is what banks use <laughs> you to go into the and, store and you get a new 10. That's a dollar. 10. That's another dollar. You know, she, uh, <laughs> I, I'm like, you know, wondering, do they, 
puzzle about this. Do they do they then find a bunch of coin star machines? You know what I mean? Oh. But even if you do coin star, they're going to take money away from you to right. process the coins through that little counting machine. This one's an odd one. I think that, you know, they break in, they take the dimes. I bet there's a lot of regret on the thieves part, part because what are you going to do with it, right? Yeah. Well, we have a friend of ours, I won't name him, but he had worked in the treasury area. And he said this is pretty common. Not that they're broken into, but he said they use these nondescript 18-wheelers to move money around all the time. And they had one, I think, in the D.C. area full of quarters. Same thing happened. And yeah, um, yeah. so I, <laughs> you know, can you park one in front of the house? <laughs> but um, but I guess you got to move the money around. I just thought it was funny because I, it's the same thing with somebody who had, uh, I think years ago when we were on Sirius, we talked about pizza shops or places that dealt a lot in cash. And if you were, you know, one for me, one for you, for the government, if you had a bunch of cash even on hand, right? There's not a lot of ways you can hide no. it. Now, we had a call screener whose father owned a pizza parlor right? and um, was audited by the IRS because the IRS set up a pizza parlor in that zone, that neighborhood, and they actually figured out what what, a, what does a normal pizza parlor do, do? Yeah. Like how much money? That's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, if, you get, if somebody's paying with dimes, dimes. Probably, probably we're swooping this Came up. Came off a cargo truck in Philadelphia. You know, there's so... Yeah. So the uh, the second story, I don't know if you saw this. It's been covered on national TV on a, a number of the the uh, morning shows or whatever. But I, I was curious as to see what you thought about it. The headline is, who should clean up after kids on a plane? So there was a, uh, a Toronto's Blue Jay pitcher, Anthony Bass. He tweeted in early May. His wife was traveling. She says she's 22 weeks pregnant with their five-year-old and two-year-old. And um, his little daughter made a mess of popcorn. She was eating popcorn. It was all over the floor on the plane. They showed a picture of it. It was a mess. And she says that the flight attendant told her she needed, told the mother that she needed to clean it up. The, some people with the flight attendants union, uh, this was on United, a United flight said that that would be unprofessional. They wouldn't usually say that, uh, to somebody that, uh, the cleaning crews would do it, but they swore that this flight attendant had, uh, told her they needed to clean up the kid's mess. And when I saw the mess, I was, horrified because i thought wow it was a mess did you see the picture yep and so what I, would you have done in this case i mean do you think the parents should have cleaned it up or do you think that they should have just left it as they were going to do you know this this dovetails into this other thing that happened last week did you see the bit about the guy who was screaming at the top of his lungs on a plane because a child three rows up would not stop screaming right yeah i did see that and and they're like, well, could you please be quiet? He goes, why? You, you, the kid's not quiet. I mean, so it, it it I think if you triangulate this, there's this idea of, you know, you're in a plane, you have limited space. Kids, I think parents and kids get a lot of pass from um, from other fellow travelers, but there's a very fine line. I've noticed on every flight I've ever had with the kids that come on board or car seats or something, people are generally okay, but they're also very leery. <laughs> because they know that that's a point of disruption or, and it's not the parents' fault, you know, and I, I understand that. But when it came to this thing, it was a mess. It wasn't like she dropped a couple kernels of popcorn. It's almost like they dropped the whole box on the floor. Right. And to have the expectation of the cabin crew or the cleanup crew do that on turnaround, I don't know. Right. 
The thing I thought was odd about it was they said that the flight or the uh, airline actually handed it out as a snack. Now, I've yes. been on many flights. I've never got popcorn. Neither have I. No. But I thought if they did hand out popcorn, that was their own stupidity from the airline's point of view, because a little kid will dump popcorn probably. Mm-hmm. I just thought that if, if I've dropped something on the floor myself, or if I had children or my nieces, or I'm sure you would have done the same thing, and they made a big mess on the floor. You would do your best to pick it up and put it in the bag or throw it away. You might not get every kernel, but I certainly wouldn't leave it. And that's what this etiquette expert said is, you know what, bring bring some responsibility with you. Pack some responsibility with you when you travel. Well, she she says, you know, I recommend that people pack their manners and offer to clean up after themselves the best they can whenever possible. This is both helpful and polite. I would argue that a number of people need to start watching Below Decks. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Why is that? Well, because, you know, that's the, the the show where it's that luxury yacht and it's the story of all the crew, the usually young folks on these boats that make some money. And But to watch the guests and their behavior, uh-huh. you're like, oh, I get it. OK, so were we always, like that when we were on those boats. Mm-hmm, they must have loved you and me because and, and our crew, because we were all very respectful. We yeah. didn't make a mess. We were often picking things up. <laughs> left it cleaner than you found it. <laughs> yeah. So this, you know, I would say. The interesting thing that happened in this article, one of the interesting things was when he tweeted that the the ball player said, you know, I can't believe they asked my wife to clean this up. The response was actually stilted in the 70, 30 or 60, 40 direction of people saying, why, why wouldn't she pick it up? Right. You know, women can play ball, go shopping and they could be pregnant. That doesn't mean they can't pick up some stuff, some stuff off the floor. I don't think it was the. And then at the end, he said that he heard from United or whatever the airline was and, and they're you know, behind the scenes, they're going to talk to the attendant who asked the wife to clean up. You know, can you imagine that meeting? Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. She sits down. They're like, you know, that guy that the ball player, you know, he, mm-hmm. you know, the one with the popcorn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he complained about it. So your your wrist is officially slapped. OK, thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm being cynical, but, you know. Yeah, no, it's uh, I can't. And then I saw somebody say, oh, it's their job to clean the plane. That's not what a flight attendant mm-hmm. is there for. Yeah, their safety. Yeah, safety. yeah, that's what that's about. Not not lifting your luggage up to the overhead bin that you can't pick up. So don't even get Which shouldn't even that. be going in the overhead bin. It should be going oh in my the cargo God. hold. That's a whole yes. other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we, that's a whole nother. That's a different show. Our final story here um, involves our friends at Netflix. And uh, many, many people probably remember that Netflix originally started as uh, almost an online blockbuster. So you would send in to get uh, DVD rental. So they they revealed that um, after doing this for 25 years, I had no idea they were on that long. Mm-hmm. They yep. revealed that they're going to stop their DVD rental and um, in the move that many have branded as an end of an error. So they said Netflix rental service had more than 20 million subscribers at its peak. And this closure that they've announced has sparked concern that many movies will be impossible to watch. And so then people started sharing, here's movies that I was able to rent um, from DVD that I'm not able to stream. And so I thought this was funny because this buys right into two sponsors that we have, Critics' Choice Video and Deep <laughs> Discount, which we say all the time. There's so many movies that you can't stream or that um, might be too obscure but are still have cult or fan favorites. And many people, I had no idea, were getting these from Netflix. And they, somebody listed, what was there, 50 or so movies that they have th- felt you wouldn't be able to get. I thought there was one good Jeopardy question on here. The very first movie sent out by Netflix. Did you see that one? 
I, that one surprised the hell out of me when I heard the title. So it's right. the movie. Uh, da 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 da. Well, we could do the Jeopardy song because this could be like Final Jeopardy. Yeah. The movie. The movie was Beetlejuice. Yeah. Which just you know, hey, it's a fun movie. I love Beetlejuice, but I didn't. It's it's kind of like the first video ever aired on MTV. MTV. Right. <laughs> video, video killed radio, the radio. Killed, star. killed the radio star. Yeah. By the vapors. But when you look at the list of movies um, that will not be available for streaming that you could get on disc um it's a lot and it's like the grand budapest hotel hidden figures one of tim's favorites argo another a joint favorite of ours i love argo that's you know um i guess maybe fun's not the right word but uh, oh no no it's a really well done movie because we knew the ending you know what's gonna happen but you you, still tense yeah yeah um, the Wolf of Wall Street, Water for Elephants, The Social Network, Silver Linings Playbook. Like a lot of these movies are fairly recent. Now, the fact that you might not get them on DVD from Netflix, they may pop up on Hulu or HBO or any of the other streaming services. But this is the thing about streaming. And a lot of people have talked about this. Like there was an article I, I had a while ago where a woman said, my husband was always right. And the article is about how the husband said, if you really like that TV show or that movie and you want to watch it again, you should buy it. Right. <laughs> so here you go. Right. Yeah, I, I have would, one. I have one for you. Have you watched you? You've, I know you've watched because you're you're far more a movie buff than me. You've watched Silence of the Lambs, right? It's one of our favorite movies. Yeah. So I I was watching it the other night and I was kind of in and out, I guess. It, it was, but at the very end where he makes the phone call from it looks like he's at some caribbean island yes caribbean island. And he's at a phone so what, what what's going what's going on there i i thought that was just left for me I didn't, no, I didn't. oh my god tim are you serious okay so do you remember dr chilton at all so when yeah. when when um when he's in the uh when he's in prison and jody foster goes to interview him and everything the guy that runs the prison's name is dr chilton right and he and Dr. Lecter, like, Lecter hates him. And right. at the very end of the movie, uh, when he's like, Clarice, the world is more interesting with you in it. And she's like, <laughs> Dr. Lecter, Dr. And she's at the, and the, the F, she's having cake and the director, because she's graduating, whatever. Well, the, then the camera pans to, he, I'm having an old friend for dinner, and the camera pans to this plane, and people are getting off. And one right. of the people getting off is Dr. Chilton. Oh, that's why. I did. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I think he's going to be Dr. Lecter's next meal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of our favorites. And if did you see it on Turner Classic or did you have to? It was on no, it was on HBO. It was on HBO. I was clicking, oh, so flipping it through. It was, okay. you know, that or American Idol. I was flipping through and uh, and it popped in. And I thought, oh, I'm going to watch this. And I, I laughed. There were parts where I just laughed, which I, you shouldn't laugh at. But, you know, when he kept talking about her cheap shoes. And the answer's not there on your cheap shoes. You know, the layer to Tom, but not second rate. Sometimes you wear a layer to Tom, but not today. <laughs> oh, there it's yeah, we have it on Criterion actually. Years ago we got it on Criterion. So we have the gold standard, beautiful cut. I mean, it's wow. the original film, and sometimes we just pop it in. And you know, that movie definitely is one that I love to watch. Um I recently got Bob um was it dazed and confused? You know, that Matthew McConaughey. Hey, 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 you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, all right, all right. That movie perfectly captures for me our senior year of high school. And, and, and nothing happens in the movie. I mean, they go to a party. You know, there's the freshmen are being attacked by the seniors that get paddled. You know, like, like, like just prank stuff, right? 
And the movie just bops along in this wonderful way. And it's just so lighthearted and the music's great. And then it ends and you're like, wow, okay, that was, that was a nice little visit with that time period. <laughs> you know, I love those. I love those uh, 80s, 70s, 80s movies. But mostly 80s, I guess. Mostly 80s, yeah. Yeah. So um, that wraps it up for us folks here on TFG Unbuttoned. We want to remind you to uh, tune into the Focus Group. You can find that on your podcast feed of choice. It usually drops on Saturdays. But if you want the video experience, and sometimes that could be very fun. We do put a lot of work into that. That's on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on YouTube. Everything's always available at focusgroupradio.com, including links to our partners. And as Tim mentioned, Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, has been with us since the start of TFG Unbuttoned, and we urge you to go there. And after this last article we did about Netflix canceling the DVD delivery service, you might want to start stocking up on your favorite TV shows, movies, and anything else you might not be able to get streaming. So uh, have a great week, and we'll see you in the new one. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.